It's time once again to talk about the biggest stories in Clarksville for the week. And who better to do that than two guys who have offices in the same hallway. Uh, once again, Chris Smith from ClarksvilleNow.com is here for your week, your news. Good morning, Ryan. Hello. Good afternoon. Good evening. My name's Ryan. What you, have you? We have no idea when you're listening to this podcast. If you're listening on WNZ, then we know it's Sunday evening. But, you know, you can listen to it <laughs> well, whenever you want. Welcome to another week, another weekly roundup of it's the going biggest to stories. you every time I say good morning on this podcast, isn't it? It's funny because we record in the afternoon, too. There's really no reason for you to say good morning yeah at yeah. all in well, this i, I kind of like it <laughs> like the whole, you know good morning vietnam morning in america this is what happens when you give a newsman a radio show slash podcast yeah. he starts digging into robin williams movies for inspiration yeah, yeah, i'm dating myself <laughs> these are the biggest stories in clarksville for this past week your week your news it's an original clarksvillenow.com podcast so one of the reasons i'm probably saying good morning is because i'm exhausted it's we been a crazy had, week. We yes. had a weird, it's one of those 24-hour news events mm-hmm. where just, now, granted, I wasn't at the scene, so I don't really have much right to complain. Right. But I was um, basically being woken up all night with breaking news stuff uh, during this incident. Well, it was about, what, Tuesday afternoon, mm-hmm. I want to say around uh, one o'clock, three-ish. Uh, I think at 2 o'clock well, was when it really all started. Yeah, it's a 2 o'clock, and all of a sudden, you know, Chris gets... An email from the Clarksville Police Department. Well, I actually started with people freaking out because there were police cars flying down the uh, the highway, down Wilmer Road of Boulevard, and people were asking me, what's going on, what's going on, what's going on? Yeah. I don't know. I'll check it out. Ben, right. I checked it out, and they said, can't talk. Tell you in a minute. I thought, right. oh, shoot, here it comes. This is big. When they Something say can't talk, yeah. we'll get to you in a minute. That's big. Yeah, yeah. And it turned out what was going on, just to give a brief recap of what happened here, um, police department was trying to serve warrants um, at an against a guy who was at an apartment complex. They go to serve the warrant. The guy doesn't want to come out, and um, the the guy ends up, or one of the guys ends up shooting at police officers. Um, one officer that we knew of at that point was injured. Um, that started, and so then they set up a perimeter. There was a daycare nearby. The parents were worried. Um, so all that was going on, and the standoff went on for a long time. Sometime around seven o'clock, there were more shots fired. And then at about 1 a.m., apparently police stormed into the apartment complex um, and exchanged more gunfire. And uh, two men were killed. They were brothers. Uh, both had outstanding warrants, I believe is the case. And um, the uh, then there was a hostage that they were holding. The hostage was injured, but we don't know the condition of the hostage. Okay, and this all happens right off of Needmore Road. And so basically, Needmore between Wilma and Trenton mm-hmm. is shut down. Yeah, yeah. You know, police are setting up command centers in nearby, you know, parking lots of retail stores. Right. And it's just, I mean, traffic rerouted mm-hmm. people yeah. trying desperately to get around and or people trying to get home yeah because they, they didn't clear the scene until about four thirty in the morning because they you know it ended at like one o'clock one thirty, uh, with this massive uh, exchange of gunfire and then the people are still in the uh, the parking lots nearby trying to get to their house can you imagine just like you know you're trying to get home you yeah you got medication you got your kids diapers you got you right. know and you can't get to your house. Um, you're just unexpectedly stuck on the side of the road. Um, but, you know, no big deal if you know people, if you have family in town or whatever. But if you're on your own living here, what are you going to do? Right. And the story just kept developing and more details coming out. And it was just you think about for me the, as a parent, when I heard that there was a daycare nearby mm-hmm. and parents, of course, rightfully so, are like, how am I going to get my kid home? Right, because how, the parents don't know how far the daycare is from the scene. Right, too, you know, the, are the kids actually in danger? You know, what's what's really going on? And you, were, you you kind of had a map pulled up and everything. How close was the daycare to the actual scene? Um, it was prob. Oh gosh, uh, you're bad at guesstimating. I'm, distance. I'm bad at guesstimating distances. I'm going to do the American thing and say it was maybe a football field or two away. Okay, so a couple of acres, <clears throat> you know, maybe a couple hundred yards. Yeah, I guess away from how from long that is the football field. That, <laughs> you pick football of all things. How many books away was it, Chris? Oh, books, you would know it was, that. Uh, Five hundred thousand yeah. and thirty-two. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, um, yeah. So, it, but we laughed, but it was a very serious um, incident. There were um, actually, it turned out, so, so when there's an officer involved shooting, right. the police can't necessarily say, here's what happened immediately afterwards. Right. Because, which is a really good idea by um, policy in Tennessee. Um, well, I'm not sure actually if it's by policy, but the district's attorney requests that the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation investigates uh, the incident. So right. the TBI comes in, they investigate any officer involved shooting such as this, where an officer has fired a gun and shot someone. Um, in this case, um, shot and killed two people. Um, so it was only later in the day, uh, the next day when we found out what exactly happened from the TBI's perspective, right. we found out it was these two men, the Green brothers, um, who were shot and killed. They were the ones holding the hostage. Um, the hostage was injured, and it was not just one Clarksville police officer, but four officers who were injured. All non-life-threatening injuries. All non-life-threatening injuries, yeah. which just amazes me. How in the, I mean, I guess I'm not in the military. I'm not, I'm not in the right. police force, but how in the world do four officers get injured to, but not need medical treatment? I mean, that's a lot of being grazed. Uh, well, a, it's, it's in medical treatment, lucky, but not, you know, long-term yeah. Injuries I mean, maybe from it. They have bulletproof vests on. Yeah, know, well, they I got they got the gear for um, it. But, but but it makes you wonder how many rounds of ammunition did the mm-hmm. brothers have in that apartment complex? And right. that was was that was one of the brothers' apartments, right? Uh, we don't know that yet. Okay, that de- the details are still yeah. out on that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but both brothers have um, extensive criminal histories. I went and I kind of got tipped off um, by some people involved. As to one of the brothers' identities, so as we're waiting to get the identities of the brothers, I did a, a background check on this yeah. guy and found all the things he'd been charged with: a lot of contempt of court, a lot of evading arrest, um, aggravated assaults, domestic assaults, um, driving on you know without a license, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then it turned out it was you know two guys. Um, so I looked at both um, their yeah. records, and they both have pretty extensive criminal records. You have that story on ClarksvilleNow.com, kind of you know chronicling their run-ins mm-hmm. with with the police prior to Tuesday's event. Mm-hmm. The question that I had and the question that I'm seeing online uh, from people on ClarksvilleNow.com's Facebook page is why were these two men on the streets? Because mm-hmm. it's not like they had like one run-in with the law, but we're, we're talking multiple aggressive you know, charges against them, violent charges yeah, against a them. A lot of times assault. started with an aggravated assault. Exactly. And pleaded down to domestic assault or some such. So why is someone who has so many charges against them, so many violent charges against them, out on the street like it's nothing? Well, you got, the way I look at it, I mean, it, that's true. I mean, clearly, given the result, you know, in 2020 hindsight, you know, given what happened here, you would think somebody who is capable of holding a hostage and shooting police officers should never have been out. But you kind of got to look at, okay, well, logically, how, how would you prevent that? How would you stop that? Well, you could keep people in jail longer. Right. But if you look at it practically, you know, usually aggravated assault, oftentimes it's going to get played down like that. And assault, I mean, if I were to punch you in the face, I might go to jail. I'm not going to go to jail for 50 years for punching you in the face. I'm going to go to jail for maybe six months, you know? Yeah. So a lot of these charges, while it is like, yeah, that's a lot of charges for one individual. None of them were really charges that would rise to the level that somebody should be in jail for 30 years. Right. Does it make sense? Right. So, yeah. So maybe in and out of jail, in and out of jail, in and out of jail. But, you know, this is America. We don't live in a police state. I mean, we're not going to put somebody in jail for the rest of their life for punching someone, you know? Right. It does bring up the question, though. Are, is, is the current system the way it is getting the results we're hoping it gets, right? Mm-hmm. So why do you incarcerate people to punish and reform, right. right? And it doesn't seem like the reform part of the aspect, even the punishment mm-hmm. part of the aspect is, is, is something where people are thinking twice about committing a crime. Yeah. You look at the laundry list of things that these both of these gentlemen were convicted of in the very little jail time Mm-hmm. They they actually spent and the fact that they were out and the fact that they had weapons. 
we don't know for sure if those weapons were legally obtained. Right. I have a feeling they weren't. Right. I don't think they just went to the Walmart and said, hey, look at some of those shotguns and what have I don't know. Uh, it's my assumption. Uh, the fact that matter is in Tennessee, you can go to a gun show and get any gun you want. Right. You know? Even if you're someone with multiple right. uh, violent arrests. We won't we won't get into that. Well, we'll actually get into that later. <laughs> we're going to get into we're that gonna, later. Stick yeah. around, folks. Uh, That's coming up. <laughs> but no. And so it, I guess it's one of those things where you would think that all of the things that they have done would lead them to not... Yeah. Be out in public. Yeah, because, I mean, regardless of whether, you know, they should have been serving longer in jail, clearly the punishments that they received was not enough to dissuade them from continuing to exhibit this type of behavior. Exactly. We know that. Exactly. (laughs) For sure. Make that statement for sure. They've been in and out of prison. And they took somebody hostage and shot four police officers. Right. So that tells me that the punishments weren't working. So I don't know. I don't know that that means we should not punish people. I know the the way we're doing things now doesn't seem to be working out very well as far as, you know, violent, violent repeat offenders, reforming people to the point that we can put them back into society and not have them just like hanging around homeless without jobs or, or whatever. I mean, it's something's not working. So yeah. I don't know. First of all, our thoughts are with the hostage and their family. Yes. That name has not been released yet. And with the severities of those injuries to the hostage have right. not been released yet. We do know that one person was taken by life flight helicopter to Vanderbilt with injuries to their abdomen, both legs and their arm. Okay. Um, so it's pretty serious. And if you're going to go, if you're going to life flight, that means it's you're critically injured. Um, don't know if that was one of the brothers who yeah. later died or if that was the hostage. Nobody's revealed that yet. But we do know for sure that the police officers that were injured in this incident, all non-life-threatening injuries. Right. Um, I think only, if I'm correct, only one of them required medical treatment. And that was yeah. the first officer that we heard about who was shot in the foot. Yeah. Um, but man, yeah. And um, prayers for the families. Because I know, I mean, my dad used to be a cop. And I, if he if he had ever been shot on duty... I mean, it's got to be traumatic for the families. Oh, know. for sure. Because you don't know, Even right? You know, it, yeah, survive. That's great. But that's still, that's scary. That's it is. Scary line of work. Kudos to the Clarksville Police Department because mm-hmm. this could have been way worse than it was. Um, the patience they exhibited. Yes. To have a standoff start at one o'clock in the afternoon and continue until, well, I guess it was two o'clock in the afternoon and continue until 1 a.m. They were out there all friggin' day long. Yeah. And they were able to end it with a with no officers killed and with the hostage surviving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, unfortunately both of the um uh the suspects were killed. That's I'm sure that's not an outcome that they desired. Right. Um they wanted everybody it's all end peacefully. But kudos to them for sticking out for all that time and waiting until also until the scene was safe, because they also had to clear a lot of people out of those parts oh, yeah. before they could take any kind of drastic measures. Throw in the added difficulty of having to evacuate a, a daycare mm-hmm. with a bunch of kids and reuniting kids with their parents, mm-hmm. evacuating nearby buildings and making sure that neighbors were safe mm-hmm. in all of that. And you think, too, and this is this is a story I've, I've yet to hear. You've seen it on the news a couple of times, but. What we forget about is think about the people that were in that apartment complex. Mm -hmm. This isn't a house in the middle of nowhere. This is an apartment complex, Mm -hmm. which means there were people living on the side Mm -hmm. of the apartment where the action was taking place underneath, below it, all over the place. And when you've got bullets flying in an apartment complex, Mm -hmm. you're just trying to keep your family safe and imagine the terror and imagine just living with the fact that you've yeah. got a standoff because the first round of gunfire happened before anything was evacuated people were wandering around outside and there's suddenly bullets flying exactly yeah. so you feel bad for those families and the terror that they went through imagine if you were a kid home with mom or dad mm-hmm. and you've got that going on in the apartment next to you yeah you'd yeah. be terrified you'd yeah. be able to sleep for weeks yeah so. speaking of which um I just kind of want to say I told you so, <laughs> not to you, but to some of the uh, people who were getting really upset with us because we were declining to spread social media rumors as we were reporting this story. Yes. People were getting livid with Clarksville now because why aren't you reporting the kidnapping and the baby? And bo- and it's like, there was no frigging kidnapping. There was no baby involved. I mean, now... It may be possible that the hostage that was being held was a baby. We don't know that yet. It hasn't been, you know, we, we have no idea who the hostage was. Right. Could be an 80-year-old man. It could be an 8-year-old child. We don't know. Right. But people were spreading these rumors 
um, that there was a kidnapping from a local store and that there was a baby being held hostage. And it's like, where in the world are you people getting this? Because it is not being reported from any official source. And we're certainly not going to relay rumors like that in the middle of a crisis you know, just break this down for everybody. I think we've gone so far away from credible news being readily available. We're all spoiled in Clarksville. And so you're used to getting your news from social media. Mm -hmm. Well, here's how it works. Being a responsible news organization, you can't publish rumors from social media. Mm -hmm. You have to wait to have your facts. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that most television news doesn't wait for that. I don't mean local television news. I mean cable television news. But even even a lot of local TV stations will say they'll, they'll put information out there, but they won't say where the information came from. Right. You can't do that. How irresponsible would it be of a news organization to prove rumor? All that does is just create hysteria mm-hmm. and panic. Uh, and and I, I, we're going to take a stand. Clarksville now is not going to report on Internet rumors. And until the Clarksville Police Department, Montgomery County Sheriff's Office, mm-hmm. the TBI can confirm something. Right. We're not in the business of publishing rumors right. or spreading rumors. Now, we will publish a firsthand account by somebody who will swear that they were there and they're willing to give their full name and tell us what happened. Right. You know, yeah, if we feel like it's a reliable source, and in some cases we'll report that stuff. But, you know, just stuff that people are just randomly saying online, there's a lot of stuff that gets randomly said online that doesn't yes. make it news and that I doesn't love, make it factual. I love Clarksville chat. I think the Outback Steakhouse joke is the greatest running joke in all of Clarksville history. If you can afford it. <laughs> Actually, it's not Outback, Texas Roadhouse. Texas Roadhouse. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Texas Roadhouse yeah, yeah. joke yeah. is the greatest running joke besides Gary the Guardrail in all of Clarksville. Yeah. I mean, Chris and I can't afford to go to the Texas Roadhouse. No, We'd like no, to. I don't make that kind of money. Maybe if more of you people listen to this show, we could, we could go there. But no, I mean, it's not a place we can use as a source unless someone has witnessed it with their own right. two yeah. eyes. And is willing to go on record saying they've witnessed it. Right, so right. we don't we don't publish rumors. Yeah, and yeah. and to the people, I I noticed one comment, and I these always I, I I laugh all the time. You have no idea how often I type something up and then delete it because mm-hmm. I don't want to get involved. Yeah, uh, this wouldn't have happened had our liberal judges not let these people go. Do you know where you live? <laughs> Do you, are you confused? Do you think you live in Massachusetts? Mm-hmm. Do you think you live in California? You live in red, 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 Tennessee. Mm-hmm. You think we got a bunch of liberal judges on the bench in red Tennessee? Yeah. Who appointed those? The yeah. liberals in power here in Tennessee? <laughs> Who voted for them? In power. The massive liberal population we have in Tennessee? Yeah. No, it's just the way the system works. Mm-hmm. You don't put people away for decades for assaults. Mm-hmm. You know, they usually plead, like Chris said, plead yeah. down and yeah. you know, they're yeah, out in six the months. So if you don't like it, well, it's you, not you, because you, of. I know, I know one thing a lot of people wouldn't like is if you punch somebody in the face and you go to jail for 50 years. <laughs> right, exactly. exactly. Half the population of Clarksville will be behind bars the rest of their lives. Right. We would you no know? longer be the fastest growing city yeah. in the, in the state of the Tennessee. The fastest growing prison system in the state of Tennessee. <laughs> the, the Montgomery County Jail be over, overloaded with yeah. people. What are you yeah. here for? Ah, 50 years punching people in the face. Yeah. <laughs> so, but no, again, kudos to the Clarksville Police yeah. Department. That yeah. could have ended way worse than it did. Thank you for your hard work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, uh, in other weird crime news, um, the, I think this was the day after that incident resolved, yeah. um, we got a, um, information from the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation that they have identified, um, the remains of a person who was found in 1981 81. in the Cheatham County landfill. That's 43 years ago, by the way. I wanted to say it was 23 years ago, and then I remembered that, no, it's not 2003. (laughs) It's 2023. That was 43 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So it's not the current Cheatham County landfill. It's an old landfill. Mm -hmm. Um, This body was found back in 1981. They held on to the remains of a body. It was a skeletal remains. They held on to the remains, took samples and everything, and um, just basically they did everything they could to identify the body. But they had no idea. They had no yeah. way to identify yeah. the body. They, I guess they checked with anybody who might be missing or whatever. All they knew was that the um, it was a young white female between the ages of fourteen and seventeen. That's it. That's all they knew. So they that's all they knew for you know four decades. 
Um, now, then in 2007, the UT Forensic Anthropology Center um, took a sample of the woman's remains um, to basically put it into a, a DNA uh, database because, you know, around that period of time, yeah. got the ability to check DNA. Yeah. You know? So now we're getting towards CSI level stuff, right, you yeah. know, where you can actually look at the DNA. Before that was just, you know, fingerprints, right. and blood samples yeah. and stuff. So now um, it was in this uh, database in December 2022. Um, there was a company that TBI agents submitted a sample of the girl's uh, DNA to this company that does forensic genetic genealogical, uh, gene, sorry, wow. genealogical uh, DNA testing. And they compared it to samples from family members mm-hmm. um, of, you know, all over the country basically and pinpointed um, uh, the family that this DNA came from match this family that w- grew up in Cunningham in Clarksville. Yeah. Um, the girl's name was uh, Linda Carnes, Linda Sue Carnes. She was born August 10, 1965, originally from Cleveland, but grew up in Cunningham mm-hmm. um, out in the county. Uh, prior to her death, she, she spent time in the Montgomery County Girls Home in Clarksville, and she would have been about 15 or 16 years old when she was killed. And they know that she was murdered. Yeah. Apparently they could yeah. tell from the remains that right. it was, she was a murder victim. So she's been missing yeah. for 40 so, plus years. So what we now know is that this um, teenage girl, Linda Sue Carnes, when she was 15 or 16 years old in 1981, was murdered and her body was dumped in the landfill in Cheatham County. Um, and she, her death has gone unknown for all this time. And imagine if you're a family member, too, not knowing. Well, that's the weird thing about this case. And we'll know more. Um, um, one of our reporters is doing interviews uh, as I speak um, about this. But the uh, the family, there's you know the talk online, at least so far, and some of the letters that we've received from the public um, indicate that people didn't know that she disappeared. That the rumor was that she had gone off. And here I'm signing a rumor, but it was from you know, 43 years Did ago. Did you just talk? <laughs> like, we had a big conversation minutes ago about I'm, this. Uh, that the rumor at the time okay. was that she had run off with a Fort Campbell soldier. Okay. Um, but that, uh, you know, no, apparently a lot of people didn't know that she had disappeared. Now, if she was in a girl's home, then maybe the family wasn't aware of what was going on with her. I don't know what would have had a girl being. So she wasn't reported as missing. That appears to be the case. So we don't we don't have a lot of answers about what all was going on. The main thing is the um, TBI. What they want is anybody who knows anything about this girl or her relationships at yeah. the time or who she might have been hanging around with that year to contact them because they're trying to figure out what happened and see if they can solve her murder. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine mm-hmm. if they do, in fact, Put yeah. this all together. Solve a murder all these years later. Imagine if you did that all those years ago, thinking you've gotten away with it, and now all of a sudden, yeah. pieces are starting to fall into place. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. The technology. Yeah. Good yeah. Lord. Yeah, from 40-year-old yeah, DNA. You said 20-year-old DNA, too. Because yeah. guess what? We both live in the world that we think the 80s was 20 years ago. <laughs> but in fact, it was yeah. 40 years ago, Chris. I know. It's hard to get past that it is no longer the year 2000. You should know this because you, you live in an empty nest. Why are you assuming that the 80s were 20 years ago? I know. My, <laughs> my, my, my adult uh, younger sister was born in right, 1981. Right, right. She's got like five kids. Yeah, adult children, Chris. <laughs> Come on, yeah. get with it. Yeah, but um, so yeah, that's that's a wild story. There's a photo of her uh, on ClarksvilleNow.com uh, from that uh, roughly around that time period, from when she was in eighth grade. She was a okay, younger. So this, so just know, Clarksville Now is currently investigating yeah. more, and there's more to this story that'll be coming soon enough mm-hmm. once we can get some sources and, and some things put together. Yeah, so some information, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, and next, uh, we were talking earlier about uh, gun control measures. Yes. So the um, uh, Tennessee General Assembly, also known as the state legislature, um, is getting ready to have a special session called by Governor Bill Lee in the wake of the Covenant School shootings. Right. Um, A special session on, well, I've heard some people say it's a special session on school safety. Other people have said it's a special session on gun violence. Right. Um, But in any case, it's to address the problems that erupted at at Covenant School. Um, in the wake of that, there have been a lot of, um, and this happened, uh, I think in 2020, um, some local county commissioners said, Hey, let's, um, 
let's voice our let's weigh in on this topic. Yeah, because that's what county commissions need to do is weigh in on state issues. Apparently, right. right. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know where this is going. It's time so, to wind up the fun. <laughs> so um, they put forward this resolution to support the Second Amendment, mm-hmm. which is exactly what they did back in 2020. Yeah. And that resolution passed. Yeah. Montgomery County Commission went on the record saying to support the Second Amendment. Interesting thing happens when you bring up controversial topics again. This time around, you know, I thought, eh, you know, that's not going to be a story. They're going to, you know, rubber stamp it. No, they did not. The Montgomery County Commission declined to approve the resolution to support the Second Amendment. Now, that does not mean the Montgomery County Commission does not support the Second Amendment. What that means is a good number of county commissioners were like, this is pointless. We have no power in the fight. We've got other things to do. Mm. We don't need to be grandstanding and showing off for our constituents. Mm. We have. Here's the thing that drives me crazy about this story. And I want to start and say, I am pro Second Amendment. Did you hear me? I said it. I am pro Second Amendment. I'll say it again. I'm pro Second Amendment. So don't email me. What? Are you pro Second Amendment? You bet I am. But there's nothing I hate more than politicians wasting time and grandstanding. Mm. And that's all this was. Time wasting and grandstanding. If you want a voice and you want to vote in what the legislature's doing, run for state office. Mm-hmm. You are a county commissioner. Your job is to vote on things that affect the county. And stupid grandstanding like, oh, I've I got a great idea. Let's show off how much we love the Second Amendment by passing a resolution that says we love the Second. What are you going to pass a resolution? You love cheeseburgers next? <laughs> what is that? It doesn't have anything to do with the. This is not a county issue. Yeah. Wes Golden did not say, hey, we're going to have a special session on violence. It wasn't Wes Golden. It was the governor of Tennessee, Bill Lee. And guess what? The county commission has no say in what happens with the state legislature. It's wasting time and grandstanding. My personal view on politicians is the farther you get away from the local level, level, the more clown you become. (laughs) I think when you go on a national level, the people that represent us most often on a national level are clowns, Mm. each and every one of them. And the closer you get to the to the local level, I'm talking city uh, council members, Mm. our mayors. School board members, members, county commissioners are less clowny, but apparently some of them want to clown up and get headlines for it's a a ways to stop doing stupid things and wasting people's time. So um, a little more context. (laughs) Was that not enough? (laughs) I do. Okay. So So stop typing that email. A little more context. (laughs) The the resolution uh, failed (gasps) in a nine to nine tie. Oh boy. So it didn't fail like, you know, uh, over a huge vote. It was a nine to nine tie. You have to have, you know, one vote majority to pass at the county commission level. Uh, The proposal, proposal needed 11 votes to pass. Um, according to county staff during the meeting, there were, um, uh, let's see, one, two, three uh, commissioners who were not present uh, at the meeting. So okay. that might have tilted the balance the other way. Now, you said that what happened was that the, there were enough county commissioners who said, no, this is they voted against it just because they thought it was you know, something they should be voting on. Right. Not necessarily true. Ooh. The local local advocates mm-hmm. for um, gun reform. Yeah. Um, they presented it as. Now, we don't know whether this is exactly right or not, that the Democratic members of the county commission um, basically allied with independent members of the commission to say, no, you know, we don't right. want yeah. to basically be making that statement. Right. Because maybe we do need some gun control in the state. Right. That was that's how it's been spun. OK. By some of the advocates. For, I like for my gun spin reform. better, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, I think there's room for both. OK. But, you know, certainly a lot of more conservative Republican county commissioners, which I can't believe I'm saying that, um, voted you know, to support it. I, I say that because I am just still stunned and dismayed that we have political parties at the local level. We should not have political parties at the county commission level. And why do you say that, Chris? Because it injects national power. It's bad enough that yeah. we have um, heavily partisan uh, politics at the national level. Yeah. You look at poll after poll after yeah. poll, people will tell you they do not want partisan politics. Yeah. They don't like the political right. parties. Yeah. As a, you know, and yeah. so, and what have we done? 
dropped it lower and lower and lower and lower. And, and now that's we've why got, we're seeing clowns lower and lower. Yeah, and lower. because everybody feels like they need to stake their claim as a um, par- party partisan party member. So now you have political party led um, county commission races. Some of the best county commissioners that we have had have crossed pound. Ca- you know, party lines, yeah. left and right. Yeah. We've had people who have been, you know, traditional, you know, Southern Democrats, you know, their entire time, who've been on the county commission for decades, and they do really good work. It has nothing to do with national political parties. I agree, and I think a perfect example of that is look at the years of prosperity we had between the city of Clarksville mm-hmm. and Montgomery County when you had two men. You had Jim Durrett mm-hmm. and you had Joe Pitts, mm-hmm. who... See things a little differently on oh, yeah. certain aspects. Yeah. I'm sure the card in their wallet has it starts with a different letter, what party they're in. But they worked together because they weren't partisan hacks mm-hmm. and they were doing what they could to serve their constituents and serving their communities. And look at all the great things we got out of the year of those or the years of those two working together. Two men that had they been on a larger stage would be told you can't interact with each other. Right. But you're right. Local level. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do we want to get involved in that? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's ridiculous. It, it, you know, we need to be thinking about what's best for the community. And usually when you're talking about city political issues, they don't line up by political party. Right. Some of the most, you know, liberal acting um, local leaders in Clarksville have been Republicans. Right. Some of the most conservative acting local leaders in Clarksville have been Democrats. Yeah. I mean, you look at the the fiscal responsibility policies of Don Trotter and Kim McMillan. Very little <laughs> got done during those administrations. Right. Each time Trotter came back, the brakes were put on almost everything. Nothing, very little was done. Very little money. Was, fiscally incredibly conservative, McMillan and Trotter both. Both diehard Democrats. Yeah. Do you want to tell your, your Don Trotter story? This is a perfect example for yeah. you. you. Want to save it for another day? Ah, uh, sure. You I put know. you on the spot. You can say no. Yeah, I can edit we, that we, we part out. So you know, <laughs> I, I don't know Don Trotter. Um, <laughs> I've met him once or twice, and you know, he seems like a, a great guy. I think I may have shook his hand once. Yeah, um, but I've never sat down and like had a beer with him or anything. But um, I was uh, when I my started my career designing pages and um, being in charge of you know the presentation, yeah. the the design of the Leaf Chronicle and the copy editing and headline writing and all that. So on election night. Um, when Trotter defeated Piper again, you know, four or five cycles <laughs> into them bouncing. If you're back new and to forth. the area, there was a time when the mayor was was Don Trotter, or then Johnny, it was Johnny Piper. Piper. Then it was Don Trotter again, and Johnny Piper. It was this revolving door yeah. where I think they kind of just decided to decorate the office the way they both loved it since they knew the others would just be flipping and flopping back and forth taking turns just taking turns yeah yeah um and they did not like each other um so so what uh so when trotter won uh when pendulum (laughs) swung to him i had a great headline i had across the front page it would looked beautiful it was welcome back trotter Now, the reason that works, the reason that works, let me give you a little bit of inside knowledge about journalism and headline writing. You never want a pun headline that is simply a pun. You want a pun headline that is hilarious if you get it, and it makes perfect sense if you don't get it. And that... That makes perfect sense. Welcome back, Trotter. Right. What, the funny part is, for those of you who don't know, since we, we you know, we're all Gen X. Well, actually, you're a millennial, aren't you? Um, I'm, I'm Gen X. Are you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Don't yeah. call me millennial. I, I'm Gen no, X. No, no. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's you're on the young side of Gen X. Yes, I. Well, in my, I remember when the OK Boomer thing came out. My daughter goes, OK Boomer. I'm like, I'm not you're a two boomer. Generation, yeah. I'm Generation X. So yeah. anyway, um, there was a TV show called Welcome, Welcome Back, Cotter. John Travolta yeah. became a star a, because there was of that. a song Vinny called Welcome Back. Welcome um, back. Yeah. So um, it was a whole like cultural thing, and yeah. so the idea of Welcome Back, Cotter, everybody knew that phrase. So Welcome Back, Trotter was going to be. Wonderful. My boss walked by, looked, everyone looked, said, no, 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 no. So I had to change it. You were, you were robbed of a great headline. I was robbed of a good headline. Yeah. 
Man, I bet you he would still have that today. He'd be like, oh, man, I love this Welcome Back Trotter headline newspaper. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Where were we? So, so yeah. So, all of this to say, uh, Chris does not like partisan politics at the city level. I don't like it either. I won't argue with it there. Like Mm -hmm. I said, the higher up you go, the more of a clown you become. It's like if you put it on more and more more makeup. Let's keep the clowns away from local politics. I I spent several years um, working for newspapers around the region. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things that I found really interesting is that, you know, some people think of Clarksville as being, you just were talking about being a red um, community. Not by comparison. Um, By comparison Mm -hmm. to other cities our size, um, in the southeast, we're actually pretty moderate. Really? Um, yeah, because I, I would travel to Jackson and to Murfreesboro and Columbia and Hendersonville, and all of those communities are far more conservative uh, and politically sort of um, uh, what's the word for um, all the same yeah. than Clarksville. Clarksville yeah. is um, has a lot of more political diversity. Um, than a lot of those communities. Now, that said, we still supported Trump, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, the last one we, we've supported Republicans in the last several elections. But like Clarksville's um, uh, main state legislator right now uh, for the city proper um, is Ronnie Glenn, who's a Democrat. Yeah. You know, that wouldn't happen in Murfreesboro. You know, that wouldn't That's happen true. in Jackson. Yeah. I mean, we've, we are actually fairly purple uh, by comparison <laughs> to other um, cities our size, especially in Tennessee. Well, there goes a comment so, now. Seems so, but, mad about but, that. but you see the, that play out in mm-hmm. this vote. Yeah. Because we have a lot of people. There's a lot of ex-military who are not inclined to support either party. Right. Who consider themselves independents. And so there are a lot of independents on our county commission. And I kind of hope it stays that way. I don't like the idea of people jumping in the coattails of national politics to run for local office. And I just don't understand this current worship of political parties. Mm-hmm. When you create idols of something, you can't hold them accountable. Right. It's hard to hold your idols accountable. Um, I look at it this way. I will not register for either party. And here's why you got to work to get my vote. Mm-hmm. When you, when you, when you, you know, get apparel with certain candidates faces and names on it, or you have flags in your neighborhood for a certain candidate it's hard to hold that person accountable. Mm-hmm. I don't like anybody enough to buy a flag with their name on it. Mm-hmm. Even if Chris Smith was selling Chris Smith flags, I'm not buying one. <sighs> Come on. Just no, man. I'm not buying. But no, and, and so that when when you jump into a party and you treat it like it's a sports team, mm-hmm. they don't have to work mm-hmm. to, to we have to work for you. Right. Because look at I mean, look at how many is from a national stage, how many members of Congress in the United States have incredibly low approval ratings, mm-hmm. but they continue to get reelected. Right. Cause they Why? got the deer, they got exactly. the Exactly. And when you, know? you, when you, when you idolize a certain number or letter, I'm sorry, when you idolize a certain letter in a certain party, mm-hmm. that party doesn't have to work for you anymore. They don't have to do anything for you because they know as long as they keep you scared about the other fellas, mm-hmm. you'll continue to vote for them. They don't have to do anything. Yeah. So yeah. it's, you're right. Let's keep that away from city politics as long as we possibly can. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, the thing about that spurred all of this, I mean, you got to feel for, for Governor Lee, who, you know, we could talk about him for hours. He's a governor who's dealing with a tragedy that happened in his own city. Yeah. That happened miles away from the Capitol building. Mm-hmm. He's a governor who had to look parents in the face who just lost a child oh, to gun he, violence in a school. He was close friends with one of the people who were killed. Exactly. So when you're the governor of a state and something massively tragic happens, you have to at least understand where he's coming from of, listen, mm-hmm. we have to at least look, let's just try and talk about some things. Let's look at some, some options because he's the one who had to, yeah have the parents look him in the eye and that just lost a child. Right. Right. And so let's stop the grandstanding and remember why all this is happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Children lost their lives. Yeah. And a governor wants to see, is there anything I can do with in my state to prevent me having to go meet with more families that have just experienced this? Right. And everybody wants to immediately jump to their pet causes and be all, pro-gun or right. all anti-gun you know there's a lot of space in between those two sides absolutely let's be reasonable and yeah. think about things and think about okay what can we do that would promote safety and maintain people's rights right there's a lot of space in between those two things there's a reason that you're not allowed to walk around downtown clarksville carrying a bazooka 
or driving a tank. Right. We do have weapons control in this country. Right. right. You know, it's not unlimited. I cannot own a nuclear weapon. You know, and people say, well, that's ridiculous. No, I mean, you do we, not want we, Chris have just, with a we, have, we have established a line of what's acceptable right. and what's not. And right now what's acceptable is AR-15s. And, uh, you know, that has led to a lot of mass shootings. So maybe we need to scale that back and say, hey, you can have a nine millimeter, you can have a shotgun, you can have a hunting rifle. But, you know, you can't be carrying a weapon that's designed to kill people in a war zone, you know. I don't think that's unreasonable. And I, th- and I think the polling data shows that most human beings, most Americans, you know, don't consider that unreasonable. I look at it this way. I think you have to, whether you like the Second Amendment or not, is irrelevant. It's a part of our Constitution. Mm. There's got to be a balancing act. it can be defined act. so many different ways. Right. It, it, it's, it's a broad amendment that, can, that has a lot of space in it to, to figure out what makes sense. But the problem that I have, and what did I say earlier? I'm what? Uh, pro second amendment. Yes. Yeah. The problem I have is that there's no one willing to have a discussion of options of how do we protect the rights of law-abiding citizens mm-hmm. to keep and bear arms, but also keep those keep those same weapons out of the hands of those who could cause harm. Those that don't, you know, that 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 violate uh, the law. Those that don't treat those those weapons as they should be treated. There are lots yeah. of people who are very responsible gun owners who just like to shoot. It's what they like to do. It's fun. They like to build those, those weapons, like to go to the range and shoot them. They lock them up. They, treat their, they teach their kids to treat those weapons with respect. And then there's the people that treat them like toys. Those yeah. are generally the ones that walk around you know, carrying it on the hip just to show it off. But there has to be a discussion, and no one wants to have the discussion. I don't have the answers. If mm-hmm. I did, I wouldn't be doing a podcast in Clarksville. I'd be, you know, trying to, to solve that answer somewhere. But no one's willing to have the discussion. Mm-hmm. Is there a way we can protect law-abiding citizens' Second Amendment right, but also keep people safe? Can we have that discussion without being clowns controlled by partisan politics? Mm-hmm being controlled by special interest groups? Can we have a discussion free from those people that spend a lot of money to influence decisions? Yeah, that'd be nice. And just try to figure something out? I'd like to say we can, but I have a feeling we won't. We'll see. Yeah, fingers crossed. All Boy, right. we covered some big topics today. <laughs> yeah. Good heavens. Yeah. It's going to be a long one. We need to get to the light Woo! stuff. I'm do you have gonna, anything light I'm in here? Worn out. I do, I do. In fact, I'll skip around <laughs> This is going to be bit. the one that's going to get us hate. We're going to get some hate bit. mail now. Um, but, uh, so how do you feel about Ryan? Do you say- <laughs> but did you see though, the two people right there, two people that may not agree yeah. on the, the, the definition of the second amendment rights of the oh, American yeah. and we were able to not kill each other and scream and holler at each other. We were just able to have a discussion. Yeah. I can tell you most of my closest friends are on the other side of most of the issues um, that I'm on, yeah, you know, I mean, and we debate them and discuss yeah. them and we don't, you know, throw things at each other, you know, yeah. <laughs> every now and then we yell, um, That's and, okay. we, and then we make up and apologize later, <laughs> but you know, I mean, we, we're still friends and you know, you can have rational, reasonable people can disagree about these things without, you know, exactly. vilifying one another. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, on to the lighter things. On to lighter things. <laughs> Ryan, do you support Dollar General? I love Dollar General. <laughs> I, prefer the do- I prefer the Dollar Tree, and here's why. You never need to price check at the Dollar Tree because everything's a dollar. Now, is it really? Yes. Or maybe a dollar really? ten now because of inflation. But Dollar See, General. I didn't, I didn't know that that was a legit thing. I thought that maybe they would, they would say it's a dollar because, you know, it's about a dollar when it's really like eight dollars. No, it's a the dollar tree. Everything's a dollar or maybe it's a dollar ten now because of inflation. Okay. That's where you'll find a lot of failed political candidates books for a dollar. Oh, <laughs> that's where you get them. I wonder what happened to all those. <laughs> the dollar general is it's generally rounded up to the nearest dollar. So oh, okay. that's how you. But I, I think dollar general's fantastic. And. I saw the story about this new Dollar General DJ market, yeah. DG market going on, mm-hmm. and it, it, I kind of like it. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, people mock Dollar General because, like, you know, everywhere you turn, there's a Dollar General. You know, yes. However, um, <laughs> I think it's a good thing because you've got these communities, a lot of rural communities um, and downtown communities. Mm-hmm. We've got a Dollar General right in the middle of downtown. It's like the only grocery in yeah. downtown Clarksville. Which is crazy when you think about it. The Dollar General on Madison Street next to um, the Habitat Restore. Yeah. Um, 
we need groceries like this. You know, this is a Dollar General that was um, set up out in Woodlawn, mm-hmm. uh, DG, D. G market, which sounds uh, way hipper than Dollar General Market yeah. <laughs> on Woodlawn Road. Going um, to the DG, yeah. Um, and but Woodlawn doesn't, you know, they need a grocery. Out yeah, there, they do. You know, um, because you don't want to drive twenty miles to get you know your ice cream and you know milk and stuff. It's right, gonna be you know thawed out by the time you get it home. Exactly. So a DG Market, um, the difference between a DG Market and a regular Dollar General is they have uh, fresh meats, fruits, and vegetables, which is good because. You know, yeah. people need to be eating yeah. stuff other than McDonald's. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, yeah, so it's a good thing out in Woodlawn to have this Zoom help solve some more grocery issues out that area. It's nice looking. I saw some pictures online. Very yeah. nice. And it is frustrating when you see, you know, everywhere is a dollar general, dollar general, you know, right. but hey, I mean, they're serving a need in the community and that's an important thing. People are not going to be happy until you do a story on Trader Joe's coming to Clarksville. You know, I mean, you saw the uh, there's been some po- that was mentioned as one of the possible options for that Vulcan site. Right. Which yeah, we've talked about here. Dollar General there, so. Which you said it. You put it in print yeah. and everyone got. Well, they said it for, you know, they said it in a meeting. So and I know. did see people refute that and say, no, 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 the, the, the Trader Joe's is coming to exit eight. No, there is no confirmation that Trader Joe's is coming to Exit 8. There is going to be a well-known grocery store at Exit 8, but nobody has said Trader Joe's. I think it's going to be Publix, to be honest with you, if I had to guess. I live in the Exit 8. I've heard several options. Okay. I live in the Exit 8 community, and all I know is that I feel so spoiled because literally the big Walmart on Wilma is maybe eight minutes from my house. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, God, it would be nice to have something that's only minutes from my house <laughs> see see you move out of the middle of nowhere I, I live in like in walking distance of my kroger yeah and yeah. chris calls it his kroger too it is my kroger yeah. all, all my people are there yeah. yeah yeah so uh so dollar general i think we we support dollar general we're big um, fans of dollar general so uh so ryan how do you feel about korean barbecue I've had it once or twice mm-hmm. not bad i enjoy good korean yeah, barbecue yeah. i like the bulgogi um, cause you know, it's sweet, um, you know, meat and, uh, onions and rice. Yeah. He's a sweet meat type of fan. He loves that. Anything but, sweet. Chris is a fan. That, um, oh, and I'm blanking on, uh, what do you call it? The, um, Korean. Oh shoot. You got to give me more than just the Korean and the spin Korean your fingers around. Pickled stuff. Oh, kimchi. Kimchi. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't get around. I can't get around that flavor. I'm not, it's not my thing either. Probably because I didn't grow up with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, but I know there's a lot of people out in Clarksville oh, yeah. who love Korean barbecue. Yes. Uh, Clarksville, I, well, one of our claims to fame is we have the highest concentration of Korean restaurants per capita. Get out! Oh, you know we've got to. There's like 12 Korean restaurants in Clarksville. Go to Murfreesboro. You know how many Korean restaurants there are in Murfreesboro? Zero. Negative zero. <laughs> there are negative five Korean restaurants in Murfreesboro. There are negative 20 Korean restaurants in Jackson. There, there Does it are, have a lot to do with no Korean restaurants? We have a, in the a major Korean company. maybe a few in Nashville. Yeah. And we've got like 12 We've in got Clark's 12 store. Korean restaurants. Does it have something to do with the fact that Hankook is here, which oh, is a big Korean Hankook. company? We, we had like okay. eight before the Korean uh, industry started okay. moving in. But I think one of the reasons the Korean industry started moving in is because we have such a high Korean population. In when they were store. looking around for a place to build that Hankook mm-hmm. factory, they're like, ah, Murphy's Burrow, no, there's no Korean restaurants here. Yeah, Nashville, yeah. Eh, not enough. Chattanooga, no. Oh, Clarksville, hello with your 10 yeah. Korean restaurants. Some Momo going yes, on. Yes, yeah. we wooed them with restaurants. Yeah, wooed them with Momo. Um, so anyway, this uh, there's a new Korean restaurant opening. It's uh, Takumi Korean Barbecue. Um, it's an all-you-can-eat dining experience that merges traditional Asian hot pot and Korean barbecue. I have never had hot pot. We should go. We should. I saw in here that there's a robot named Grace. There is a robot. So <laughs> we'll get to the robot. <laughs> so first we're of all, to the robot, folks. Hot pot. It's a communal experience where the guests are given a pot of broth. Okay. In which you can add a variety of food items right. like meats, veggies, noodles, seafood options, and what have you. So the <laughs> Did food, you write what have you in the story? No, I said that just for you. I know it's one of your favorites. Um, so the food is cooked right in front of you. Basically, you sit around and you watch your uh, your meat being boiled yeah. um, with all your friends. And you, uh, yeah. And so There's the nothing more exciting than watching meat being boiled, by oh, the way. Yeah. 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 It's a win. I assume you drink beer while you're doing this. I would assume. <laughs> um, oh, they're, they're still working on getting their liquor license. Oh, okay. But, uh, but yeah, so the cool thing is, you know, a, you know, you can um, yeah. have it. So it's kind of like, um, that what's the place cooking pot that has the fondue, uh, kind of melting, thing? Pot. melting pot. Yeah. Close. Yeah. Um, so this is, you know, that, but different. Okay. Um, but the other thing that's kind of neat about this is they, you get served by a robot. What? 
Is it an actual robot or is it a person in a robot costume? Oh, you mean like Buck Rogers? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, we, tweedle Tweedle or DBDB. DBDB, that was his name, right? Or Lost in Space. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that thing floated, didn't it? Did it did. Kind of float. Well, I think it yeah, I think it had wheels on oh, it. Oh, I'm thinking of uh, the black hole. You're thinking, yeah, you're thinking, of, yeah, that's what yeah, you're thinking yeah. of, the black hole. Um, but anyway, so this is a robot whose name is Grace. Mm-hmm. Um, they put the food on the robot, and it comes to your table. Interesting. Yeah. That's very interesting. So yeah. Grace doesn't take your order. She just delivers the food. Yeah. Okay. And uh, probably doesn't annoy you with, how is everything every five <laughs> minutes when you're trying to have a conversation? <laughs> how is everything? <laughs> Would you care for some more kimchi? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, this is the first restaurant in Clarksville I've heard of that has the uh, the robot. That's really know, cool. I like the gimmick. Table. Um, I went to a restaurant years ago, and it was in Door County, Wisconsin. I was visiting my my grandparents, and it was a train-themed restaurant where they would deliver your food on a big model train. Mm. So they 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 had this train, and they had all these 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 uh, model train just cargo you know uh, yeah. things behind it, yeah. and they just put your put your food right on there, and then they the the, the train go choo choo to pull right in front of you, and you just grab your food right off the train. Oh, nice! This sounds a little cooler. It is. The robot sounds way cooler. Yeah, it's a robot. Now, there's, I have never eaten, there's some sort of restaurant that I've seen depicted in movies I've heard people talk about sometimes of like a floating sushi restaurant. Have you? Do I look like a person who's been to a floating sushi? Like floating how? Well, like there's this little channel that runs through the restaurant. Like, oh, I have seen it. It's in Tokyo. Yeah. And, and, you know, food items uh, go down in little boats and you just grab whatever item off the boat that you want to eat. And I don't think you necessarily order something specific. You just take a piece of food and you just wait for your ship to come in. You wait for your ship, but not necessarily your ship, any ship. Huh? You can just take, take a piece of sushi off of the ship or or the whole thing. That may be too much for Clarksville. Let's get used to this robot before we start having boats with random food on it. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. See, you know, cause here, I don't know if you've experienced this. This is another thing that started in Clarksville during, um, COVID, was um, having this uh, credit card reader thing at the table. Yeah. They're doing this a lot, a lot of the uh, the chain restaurants. Yeah. And I, where are you on that? Because that really annoyed me the first time I saw that. I mean, I am there to eat a meal, yeah. have a beer, enjoy conversation. I want somebody to bring me the check. I'll hand them my card and I continue my conversation. I don't want to have to monkey with some device and plugging in n- numbers and codes and you know filling out how much the tip... I think most of them have gotten away from that because really? they, they, I think enough Chris Smiths of the world are like, I will not put this in a machine yeah. at my table. I mean, I don't mind self-serve at, you know, Target or, or Kroger or Walmart or whatever, but self-serve in a restaurant. That's yeah, just, I, that's I think they I got like that. most annoying. got away from it because I think the problem was is that people weren't tipping as much. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to tip a machine. Chris is not tipping that robot, just so you know. We're not we go tip a machine. to the yeah. Takumi Korean barbecue on Lowe's Drive. We are not tipping the robot. We'll tip the server. Yeah, yeah. But Grace the robot is getting no tip from Chris. That's right. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring some a can of oil. <laughs> some WD 40. There you go, Grace. There you go. Some WD 40. And those are the biggest news stories in Clarksville for the week, believe it or not. We covered a lot of ground today. I did. Yeah. yeah. We sure did. Yeah. And some we did of, it without punching each other. Well, some of these go 30 minutes and we got nine stories. Some of, the, some of these go an hour and we've got like two stories involved. Yeah, yeah. And look, and we didn't punch each other because we started we just talking no. about like people get, yeah. not getting yeah. you know 10 years in jail for punching each right. other. And we had a political conversation in which we disagreed with one another. No fists were thrown. None. And you know what? We'll be buddies as soon as we turn the mics off too. Yeah. No screaming. Your week, your news. This is an original Clarksvillenow.com podcast.